Hi, and welcome to the Unlocking Customer Service Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Richmond. I'm here every week talking with guests who can help you realize the full potential of your contact center and customer service team to keep growing your business. Oh, and you can do all of that while still prioritizing your people. In fact, that's the secret to it all. Let's chat with our next guest. So today we're talking to Matt Bennett, Branch Banking Operations Group Director at Western Alliance Bank on what it takes to deliver outstanding service for modern customers. So Matt, it sounds like you have uh, quite a background in this. Could you give us a rundown of of your experience? Yeah, absolutely, Meg. Thanks for having me today. Um, I uh, Today, as you mentioned, I'm the Branch Banking Group Operations Director for Western Alliance. We're responsible for managing our branch network uh, across Western Alliance's footprint, which includes physically three different states uh, in the Southwest. Prior to this, I spent about five years with two different credit unions uh, in Albuquerque and Northern California, where I was responsible for clients or member experience uh, inside of both of those organizations, which included both the branches and the contact centers. Um, so yeah, I have spent a pretty significant amount of time uh, inside, of the, inside of financial services paying attention to client experience, making sure that we're focused on delivering for people that walk through the door or contact us remotely, uh, whether it's phone, email, text message in some cases. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, in your experience, what happens when customer leaders prioritize efficiency above all else? It sounds like you've got uh, different sizes of banks experience, and it seems like it, you want to if you want to prioritize efficiency, are you doing that at the cost of something else? So philosophically, I think the answer to that is yes. Uh, if you are prioritizing efficiency, you are more than likely doing it uh, at the cost of something else. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's probably been the case for, for many years. Um, folks tend to say, you know, the, the faster you can work through things, uh, the easier, the better, the more liquid the business becomes to an extent. But, you know, I, I think as we have adapted to new technologies and we move into the 2020s, we're starting to see that maybe that's not necessarily the case now. And I think as we pick up efficiency gains with technology, we're starting to see that that technology can help us actually deliver an even better experience for a client with even less time. You know, I think in our world, some of the challenge that we used to experience before was efficiency meant that you didn't have time to dig deep, help people, you know, really build on their financial profile or their situation. And I think as we've introduced new technologies into financial services, we've gotten much better at identifying when somebody may be struggling and being able to pair resources uh, to be able to help them in that particular regard. So I think today we've really picked up some efficiency gains uh, through that technology and it's telling us or it's presenting to us right in front of our face, here's how to help a, a client on the other side of this interaction or the other side of an engagement. And I think what's really interesting about this is a lot of these technologies, uh, you know, especially AI that's kind of digging through data um, to, to find these opportunities is helping us, whether we're seeing a client in person, whether we're seeing a client remotely, it doesn't really matter where that engagement or where that interaction is happening. And I think even further to this, 
I think in the past where, you know, advertising or recommendations for, uh, for solutions to clients would, would sort of be a, a crapshoot, uh, today we can get targeted in those and we might be able to introduce those things to a client via email ahead of time or via an online banking splash page ahead of time that's targeted to them. And that might draw some engagement to, towards us without us having to be proactive in that approach. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I think that's incredibly valuable for the client sitting on the other side, right? Because no longer do they have to wait for something to come to them. No, no longer do they have to kind of seek out the best advocate or the best person inside of an organization to be able to help them. Now they can get really great advice and guidance you know, across a spectrum of employees, again, regardless of kind of where they're choosing to interact with, uh, with us. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then in turn, a better customer experience is just better down the line too, because if they get what they need right away, whether it's uh, a simple answer or, you know, a complicated uh, protracted question that involves multiple people, then they'll come back and they'll tell people, you need to, you need to bank here. You need to come back. I like this place. They're very helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think in our business, obviously, trust is sort of a, a cornerstone foundation of, of all the work that we do. Um, and, and I think it's so important to build that believership and recommendations that you make. And then that trust gets built as somebody goes through the experience of saying, wow, this person really delivered something that helped me. And I'm able to see you know, the actual outcome or the actual results of what we've built or what we've put together or what that recommendation may have been. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you see a lot of info on quantity versus quality in customer service, but is the debate really that simple and binary? Yeah, you know, I, I'll think back to some of my first contact center roles or roles sitting around the contact center. Um, and certainly, I, I think that there, this debate was that binary, um, that you could either do quantity or you could do quality. And, you know, I, I, I'm probably still haunted by visions of longest call waiting, sitting up on the board and, um, and you know, folks yelling, you know, calls in queue from the back, back of the row. I think today that's probably not the case, right? Um, and, and I think what we're seeing, uh, especially as time has gone on, we're seeing this shift again back to an environment where building relationships, understanding needs, it really has become a core competency of financial services. And so I don't think this debate is quantity or quality any longer. I think this debate is you can do both fairly well. And I'm starting to think that there may even be the prioritization towards quality of interaction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we spend a tremendous amount of time training our folks, educating them, not just on products and services that the bank has to offer, but on how clients are uh, sort of experiencing financial challenges today or experiencing, you know, financial opportunities. We're trying to teach them to think like a business owner. Um, we're trying to think, teach them to think like a client. And I think that's changed or shifted the mindset, right? Our folks now are, are thinking from the seat of an owner, you know, what, 
what do we need? What else could we what else could we do here to keep this progression going? Um, so, you know, I, I, again, I think today this is shifting. Um, you know, I, I think back to my most recent time working with our teams inside of a contact center with a credit union in Albuquerque, and quantity wasn't necessarily our primary measurement, right? One of our, our biggest measurements, in fact, was a member satisfaction score that came back to us at the conclusion uh, of each call. So, you know, again, I, I think this shift in, in customer service is happening, um, and, mm -hmm. and Candidly, it's it's great to see. Um, again, it's it's aligning priorities. It's taking our priorities and aligning them with the client. It's taking the client's priorities and aligning them with us. And I think that makes us all just a better, stronger unit to win together. Mm -hmm. So it's not really quantifiable to say whether we do it more or better. You need to do both all I, the time. I, yeah, I, I think absolutely you've got to do both all the mm -hmm. time. Um, yeah. So uh, what can executives and business leaders do to improve operational efficiencies without sacrificing the employee experience? Yeah, so I think we talked about this uh, or touched on it a minute ago. Really, I would say from my perspective, the best thing we can do today is invest in technology, automation, making processes easy for employees to be able to go through and execute on you know, one, one of the biggest roadblocks and hurdles that I, I hear our employees and, and I've heard employees for years talk about is the work that they have to do takes away from their ability to focus on interacting with and connecting with a client and, and creating those solutions, mm -hmm. right? And so as they're dotting I's and crossing T's on paperwork, they're not focused on trying to engage and deepen, right? They're just trying to get that paperwork completed or get that form submitted online, you know, or rectify whatever. So, you know, I think for, for me, it's how can you deliver a much easier, seamless experience for your employees? I think that's technology and automation, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think too, one of the unique opportunities that I've had is to introduce a, a relationship rewards program to an organization where, the idea was to reward clients for, for doing more business with us. Um, and one of the things that we did on the backside was make sure that our technology was set up to be able to support the execution of that particular plan. And so, you know, our, our sort of highest value clients uh, went through a, a slightly different experience than uh, maybe a client that only had an auto loan with us. Um, and those individuals went through a slightly different experience than folks that we didn't recognize coming into our call center environment or inside of our branch environment. And so setting the technology up in a specific way allowed us then to be able to turn around and deliver a really tailored experience for that particular group of, of clients. And again, we saw just vast improvements from a member experience standpoint in that particular space uh, as clients started to understand, hey, I'm getting this experience that's valuable to me without mm -hmm. all of the extra that would you know would normally come along with picking up your phone, calling a bank, texting your bank, uh, or whatever the case may be. So you know, I, I think again, it's it's invest in the technology to make things easier for your employees, make it easier for your clients, 
uh, because as you do that, you get more time with you know things like this, the face-to-face -face or the audio-to-audio -audio interaction with somebody, which again is so valuable uh, mm -hmm. to us and to the client on the other side. So you talked about investing, but how could someone, maybe uh, a supervisor or a manager level, help convince the exact team that we do need to invest in technology? Yeah, you know what I so I've been fortunate enough to have. Uh, fairly vocal um, folks on my team uh, over the course of my career who are willing to step up and say, you know, here are the things that are going on. You know, I, I think about that level and I think about the things that have worked for us. Um, number one, it's it's making or bringing to light where there are challenges today. And, you know, at a, at a supervisor level, you may not be able to see the 35,000 foot level uh, and know how to resolve everything but you can certainly say, you know, hey, here are the things that are happening inside of our world today. Here are roadblocks or challenges that are coming up and allow your manager or your supervisor to be able to help pull that roadblock out of the way. You know, I think the second thing is, if you have a vision, share the vision, right? Uh, tell your manager, tell people, here are the things that I think we could do to be able to improve this space. Um, you know, spend time talking about doing the right thing. Spend time talking about uh, why your idea and your vision has legs and is something that can, you know, really help improve client experience. And maybe even to the point we've talked about all along, maximize efficiency along that way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that's where it all starts. I, I, I think you've got to be willing to step up and say, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm looking at, here's what I think we could do, and then be relentless uh, in, in that particular pursuit and recognize, you know, not, not everything's gonna happen, right? Um, not, not everything that we bring up ends up getting done. Um, certainly as, as folks get, get sort of a higher level perspective, that 35,000 level uh, foot level view, things adjust and things change a little bit, um, but I think, you know, for me, I, I have always appreciated knowing where we had gaps or where we had opportunities to really be able to accelerate the ball forward, even if maybe they weren't as fully baked out um, as as they could have been. Mm -hmm. Well, you kept mentioning too, spend time. So you really need to get, you need to empower your employees to be able to spend the time on this to improve and then set up these communication channels to make sure the information doesn't get lost or you know that that there's a good flow of information between everybody in the company yeah yeah absolutely um you know look it, it sounds cheesy but you know the concept of team meetings where you can bring sort of all of your supervisor level folks together and get them to share it in a group sometimes makes it a little less ominous than even a one-on-one -on -one, right where folks can feel comfortable to your point, feel empowered to be able to bring uh, bring those ideas to the forefront. Um, you know, there, there's in in my mind, I think there's really two things. Number one, you you hit on the biggest one, which is empowerment. Give folks the opportunity to feel like they have a voice, a space to be able to uh, to do these things and and bring them up. I think the second thing is empathy, right? And I I think to some degree we've got to understand or we've got to at least show that we understand what the folks on our team are going through every day right because as we demonstrate that empathy they start to believe that we're on this journey together mm -hmm. right um 
And, and I, think that's, I think that's so critical. And I think that translates, both of those things, I think, translate to clients on the other side. And I think those two things, right, are also really important to get clients to deliver to us, right? Those mm-hmm. folks that are on the front line interacting with clients, my hope is that we empower them to share what we could be doing differently, how we could be solving their problems, right? And I hope that we're delivering empathy so that we're understanding and, and you know, sort of better picturing the seat that they're sitting in today. So in your experience, when the employee on the other end, if they're empowered, they're happy, um, what do, what difference does that make? Like, where do you see the the ripples of change when the employee has everything they need to be successful? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes out in, in probably a number of different places. And I think they're probably the places that you might expect, right? So number one, we experience lower turnover because people are committed to and involved in a vision and a mission, uh, and they feel like they're moving to that space. You know, I, I think maybe the second place that this comes through is client experience surveys and, and sort of other, you know, uh, I'll call it CSAT work that you might do. Um, I, I think that shows up, right? And obviously that shows up to the client on the other side because they know somebody's committed, they're dedicated, they're making the right recommendations for the right reasons. Um, and, you know, I think at the end of that, I think they, they start to believe that the folks on the other end are in this for the long haul with them, right? And so as the turnover reduces, as you mitigate that risk, uh, I think our clients start to really see, hey, these people are, they're here for me um, and, and they're here to be able to deliver uh, something on an ongoing basis, so. And that's yeah. not really something you can measure in a report, is it? You can't say, you know, employee happiness versus customer happiness. So I guess what kind of, how does somebody, how do you quantify this? How do you, besides you can, you know, ask every single agent, uh, but say you have hundreds of agents, that's not, you know, reproducible. How do you quantify happiness on both sides? Yeah. Uh, So I actually think that today happiness at an agent level um, or an employee level is starting to become quantifiable. Um, You know, there, there has been a, I, I think sort of a renowned or a renewed push um, inside of our space uh, to think about end of day checkouts. And, you know, in the past in financial services, I think the end of day checkout, you know, was sort of seen as, as a bad thing or a negative. I think today with technology and automation, we're able to right as an employee goes to clock out, put a survey in front of them that says, how are you feeling about today? Right. And be able to gauge, you know, super smiley face or super sad face. Um, and I think that allows us to be able to dig in and find, you know, where are their challenges, where are their issues. So I do think that that's quantifiable. I think there's other work going on from an engagement perspective. There are certainly a ton of philosophies here, just trying to keep folks engaged in the work that they're doing. Um, SurveyMonkey actually does a really great job um, of uh, with their engaged platform, um, and it's not intended to pitch this, but their engaged platform sort of helps guide a company or a business through uh, that employee engagement piece and finding and identifying challenges or areas where there might be opportunities. Um, so I think, you know, I think folks are starting to recognize that, that this is quantifiable. Um, you know, I think the other thing is, and, and maybe a little less quantifiable, are growth and development opportunities inside of the organization. Um, you know, how often are folks moving from one role to another role are they being promoted? I think that's a pretty good indicator too of 
you know, how successful are we being at training? How successful are we being at, 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 at their learning and development um, along the way? And how successful are they being at delivering for the clients on the other side? Um, you know, in, in the past in financial services, promotions were, were largely based on time. And I think today we've really seen a, a substantial shift to being based on how well you're, you're able to deliver for a client in the space that you're sitting in right now. And how well do we think that that's going to translate into whatever that next level up is? And so that's another investment too that that uh, management can make is to invest in people to promote their growth, promote training, uh, keep them engaged to to keep them there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, I, I don't know very many people who don't aspire to have you know a bigger, better house than the house that they're living in today, or a bigger, better car than the car they're driving today. Uh, candidly, I think the same thing is likely true for roles and responsibilities. I don't know that many people that. Uh, you know, come to work and say, you know what, this I'm good just right here, and I don't want to, I don't want to learn, I don't want to do anything else, just keep keep me right here. And you know, I think for us as leaders, I think the reality is we've we've got to recognize that, and we've got to harness that that uh, energy and that engagement, and help those folks really take advantage of learning opportunities, helping them improve and better themselves. Um, as as they continue to go through their career uh, with with us. And so what would that look like uh, from an internal management perspective when it comes to like internal training or um, are these, you know, something that managers need to look at investing in or are these just places or processes and uh, systems to put in place? I guess is, you know, is someone who would be intimidated by this, what, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, I, I mean, step one uh, in from my perspective is Start with a development plan for the employees or the individuals that you have on your team, right? Sit down and talk about where this person is and don't do this just once, right? Because folks, the very first time may not tell you everything that's going on, right? So the development planning has to be kind of an ongoing evolutionary uh, piece of work or piece of art uh, that you work to develop with, with an employee. So start to understand where, where their needs are, start to understand where their perspectives lie and what they're thinking about. You know, I, I, then I think the second thing is one, once you've understood that and you have a knowledge of the places that, that somebody could go inside of the organization, start pairing resources to help them get there. And even if you don't know, um, you know, there are plenty of organizations that are incredibly large and you may not know the intricacies of what might be required for a specific role that somebody wants to go into. As a manager, my suggestion is take time to connect with a leader in that particular space and ask them, what are the traits? What are the characteristics? What are the things that you're looking for, for somebody inside of this space so that we can sit down in that development planning conversation and, and start to layer those traits into the action plans or the development plans to help that particular employee get there. Uh, you know, I, I think the other thing, and look, not every organization has the resources or capability to do this, but um, certainly tuition reimbursement uh, has become a big thing. We've seen this from Starbucks. We've seen this from Chipotle. We've seen this in our organization today. We've seen this from many others. Um, tuition reimbursement can help drive engagement and help drive learning. Right. And so as you sit down and you talk with somebody about their career aspirations or their growth and what they want to do, even if it's not 
you know, pursuing a graduate level degree or an undergrad degree, right? Pursuing community college courses that are geared towards or targeted towards those uh, those opportunities that we have just identified as part of the, de the development plan. I think those that's really critical. And that allows you as an organization to be able to bring in outside resources that you didn't have to develop, right? You didn't mm -hmm. have to put in place. You can just leverage almost off the shelf uh, some of those items. And in a lot of cases, for a relatively inexpensive cost. Mm -hmm. So so the idea is to just open up that channel of communication across across a company, whether it's you know from from agents to management to executives, make sure there's a clear channel of communication to to get expectations, but also um, aspirations through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think too, if you think about from an employee perspective, probably nothing resonates more with an employee than knowing that your manager knows and understands where you're at and where you're trying to get to and is there as an advocate for you to be able to get to that place. And so, you know, really, I think here's a binary uh, option here. You either have the choice to not go out and figure out how to help your employee or you have the choice to figure out how to go help your employee, right? So mm -hmm. spend the time, put the effort forth, you know, get into what do I need to do to be able to help this person grow, develop, become successful. And if that means me connecting with others, learning more about this business, shoot, that's not going to be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. That's really about empowerment, it sounds like, from from every angle. And that in turn empowers the customers when they, are, when they like the service they get and they like the company they're doing business with to just continue telling everybody that. Yeah, yeah, isn't that isn't that crazy? We're back to the same theme of yeah empowerment. Yeah, like if if everybody uh, on the back end has everything they need to be successful, then there's no reason everybody wouldn't just you know storm your doors. Come on in. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so what's the biggest piece of advice you have for leaders who want to invest in customer experience? Yeah, so I, I'm going to cheat here, and I'm going to take uh, two two pieces of advice, and they're two things Perfect. that we've already talked about today. Um, my my two pieces of advice are: invest in your employees, spend the time understanding their growth, their development, their plans, their path forward, how they're delivering for clients, how they could improve that delivery for clients, where they want to go, and what that space delivering for clients is going to look like. I think if you put the client at the center of every single thing that you do, uh, the path forward, uh, I think, becomes much more clear. Um, you know, I think the second piece we talked about earlier on is, is if you can invest in technology, um, spend the time to improve processes, spend the money to improve inefficiencies uh, along the way. Nothing is more frustrating to an employee than having to to go through inefficient processes and experiences uh, to be able to deliver for a client, right? And that can detract very quickly from all of this other work that you might be doing to empower them uh, to deliver for the client in each and every way. And so, you know, if you've got the ability to, to spend that time with technology, do it because it will pay dividends for long periods of time to come. And no employee is gonna say, you know what, I, I, I hate that you made this easier for me. I hate that you made this easier for my clients. That's just not what's gonna happen, mm -hmm. right? So. Well, this is great. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to make sure we talked about? 
Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I think we we've touched on a lot of the areas um, that I was looking to emphasize. So I really appreciate yeah you inviting me to this and this conversation. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So thanks, Meg. Bye. Thanks. Bye. That's a wrap on today's episode of Unlocking Customer Service. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or Google Play to get notifications when new episodes drop each week. Or head to sharpencx.com slash podcast to catch up on all the latest episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review so we can reach more people like you.